Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to The Front Porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and as always, I'm joined by Michael Daniels. How's it going, Mike? It's going, Dennis. It's going every second, every minute, every day. Yeah, I'm I'm just coming off of a sore throat, so my voice is a little, still a little off. I gotta get but, you talking uh, a lot, that way next week you can sound like me on Gen Con episode. Oh yeah, that was, that was real rough. Was. Did you ever get a chance to look, listen back at that thing? Oh man, so, so crazy. Yeah, I mean, I listened, I listened to it before, before we posted. I, my favorite are the, the trucks driving by and the cicadas just drowning out. <laughs> That's um, pretty. And the, and the complete imbalance between me talking and anybody else yeah, talking. Yeah, so you were, you were so nice and clear. So you, did you wear your, you wear your like lavalier or lat, whatever that's called, pin? No, no, I had my, I had my Yeti mic on a, on omnidirectional mode, but I also was recording my internal mic on my MacBook, which for all my regular complaints about my, my MacBook, which are really just come down to, I didn't buy one with enough RAM and it's not upgradable. This Cause it's a Mac generation that I have. No, I mean my first MacBook had upgradable RAM. They just didn't offer it in the this one that I have is from like 2014. Complain about Macs. Yeah, which which is annoying. But the the hardware, the internal mic on it is very nice. Like I for probably like eight years did all of my Skype and Slack work calls with speakers and my internal mic, and almost never had complaints of echo or feedback or or any of that stuff like it would pick up me but not pick up the speakers like it was it's really well designed yeah, we're, but i'm uh, dennis and i are, are at the opposite ends of the spectrum not opposite but of but with the mac versus pc war i miss those commercials by the way they should i don't know why they ever stopped making those um i'm i'm generally a windows pc guy which is funny because we do our professions are kind of similar <clears throat> and and i use and we i think we use a lot of the same tools but you definitely use them on a on a Mac, like a lot of people in our industry, and I use PC. Um, and you have Mac computer, and I have a PC. I mean, I have both, but I only... Actually, when we started the show, I did most of my recording on the Windows machine. Um, I don't remember why. I think different tools, and I just... Because it's a newer machine, and I built it for gaming, it has more powerful hardware than the MacBook. Right. Um, but now I'm using a a set of, well, not a set, but my one app is is uh, Mac OS only. So well, I I'm pretty much I, I, I do on, on I do MacBook, which is handy because then when I'm traveling, I have the, all the same programs. Oh sure, I, I do I do have an iPhone, so I, I have embraced that thing, and I have an iPad, so I, I definitely use the Apple family for stuff. But um, every time I do something Apple wise, I'm I do it very begrudgingly, like I. I won't buy an Apple. What's it called? I I Home or whatever they're called. The whatever the Apple thing. I won't buy an Apple TV. Oh, I've I've heard that those are bad. The well, the the cylinders. The I have an Apple TV and it's. Um, I mean, we talked about this months and months ago when we had Trotsky on. Of all the available options, at least I don't know. I mean, they might be making the Fire TV better, but. Um, it's the most flexible because of the mirroring. And I guess you can do mirroring fairly easily with a Chromecast if you have, if you for some reason still have an Android phone. But um, yeah, like it just works really well. I have mine um, set up with my new TV with the HDMI CEC, which is not an Apple feature. It's just a, it's a TV feature. Yeah. Um, so that when I, uh, when I put the Apple TV in sleep mode, like if I shut it off, 
it turns the TV off. So I actually can run the whole, I'm going to say whole stack, but I can run the Apple TV and the actual TV with just the Apple TV remote, Well, the, which is, is a, you know, it seems like a trivial thing, but remotes are still a pain in the ass. They, they kind of are. I mean, but I have a smart TV that does the same thing. It runs it all. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I said, that's a feature of the TV, but right. I got, I got mine set up and and it works well. The, the well, uh, I had to. Yeah, for for work, I've I've tried. I worked in Linux way back in the day when I worked uh, for Trotsky, and I have worked on Windows v- various times. There are just too many things about the learning curve that would be too difficult at this point. And I still think sure. that for um for laptops, like they still are the best designed laptops. Like you could get equivalent, you know powerful lab, like they're not good for gaming but for for professionals if you need a real computer and you can't get what you need to get done done on a tablet or a chromebook um i think in the laptop world mac is still the the best option it's not it still has its problems just like anything but it for me it has fewer problems than windows or linux sure yeah, I, I work. It's funny. I work. I and we we talked about this at the end of last week's show, and now you. Oh, did we? I say I, I work. I work at uh, at IU, and and we have IU is kind of got a it's a an old campus kind of feel. So a lot of the offices are in houses throughout the neighborhoods surrounding it, and that's one of my my office mm-hmm. is in is in a, in a house, um, in an old house. So I'm basically the the. I say that I'm not the IT guy. I don't do a lot of IT stuff. I'm, man, I'm more of a manager, but um, I the the resident IT head in the house. So people will come to me in the house and like, hey, can you help me with this? And I usually can, but as soon as I walk in their office, it's a Mac. Even things like installing printers and such, I'm like, nope. Walk away. I have no idea. I can't even mm, can't even touch yeah. that stuff. I mean, if you're a if you're a sysadmin guy, you got to know the the systems that your that your people work. It sounds like you do that kind of stuff in a in a more unofficial. Yeah, more unofficial. So, so we have our sys admins at, at at our school. We have like we have Mac people, Mac teams, and PC teams. Yeah, and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's uh, not it's not not my thing. I did today, or is it, actually a couple of days ago. Um, wanted to buy. I don't ever buy movies on iTunes. I definitely don't. I buy it on other things. It's more universal. But music, sure. I still buy on iTunes and I hate that I do, but I do. And, um, I went, well, I guess it's open now. I, I bought, I bought iTunes music when they first started selling and it was still DRM. Oh yeah. They opened it all up at some point, but even can you, can you download like MP3s from iTunes? Uh, there's still, there's still a different encoding, but it's not, um, it's not, uh, DRM'd like it used to. Yeah, but I can't. I can't. I can't leave. Like I can't get a Droid now and get all my songs off my iTunes account and put it on. Well, right now, the caveat being, I don't think I've bought MP3s for, or I've bought digital music in in the sense of like buying it, buying it for probably almost ten years. But sure. after the iTunes Music Library, which that whole naming system is a complete disaster going between computers and phones. Yes. But back when you used to have to sync your phone or your, or your iPod from your computer, um, when the Apple music store, when the iTunes music store went DRM free, you could buy albums. And then in the iTunes, uh, desktop application, 
um, there was a, a um, so like an export? macro action, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, there was a thing where it would export to MP3s. You could convert them into MP3s and then install them on or download them onto some other uh, device. I did not know that. Okay. Well, I feel better. I say I just I was there was a there was an intermediate step where um, iTunes had already gone DRM free, but most of my library was the old mode, and you had to pay more to get the DRM free version. Mm-hmm. Which I get like it probably was a significant effort, both logistically and legally, for them to to get those deals worked out. But that interim, that like last year or two, that I still was buying music, I would buy it from Amazon. Again, as I said last week, giving more music to Jeff Bezos, but <laughs> Amazon would sell music in MP3, like straight. Yes, you know, you just download them, um, and so that was a superior experience to me. And then went through a space of like two or three years. I was using Last FM, which to me was like Pandora but better. And then. Um, then we all did Turntable FM for about a year and a half. And by the time that got shut down and all closed, um, I just signed up for Spotify and have not bought digital music since then. I bought a lot of vinyl, <laughs> which is funny, like either end of the spectrum. But I, uh, I, I, yeah, I, I just use... pay for Spotify. So whatever whatever music I want, I have. I used to I use uh, Napster. Ask. Napster. I, was, I remember using that a lot. But... The like – original original Napster, Napster or the yeah yeah I I I did that too I discovered mp3s like six months before Napster yeah and then uh all of the FTP servers that I was downloading music from started shutting down and they're like if you want music go here and uh I was like oh this is cool and then a semester after that they got blocked from the from the right. community college I was going to right well, the uh, like, yeah, it's, no, it's funny no that the talk about using up about music and you say Spotify. I I get <clears throat> I use Amazon because um, I get it with Prime, um, and yeah, it's not bad. No, it's it's interesting though that that's the it's the that they take the model they've taken that seems to be successful because you would think that uh, you know like radios and things like that were selling CDs really hurt the industry, but now that this whole model of um, having streaming stations and things like you know Amazon Music and and iTunes, uh, and Spotify, the um is is just the it's the Netflix model, right? It's the subscription, like you have a bunch of stuff, but you yeah. know what? The those songs may not always be available. Uh, you and I had talked about recently, you know, hey, we want to watch a, a movie or a show, and oh, you know what? That's just not available. You have to check through the stack and check if it's on Hulu or it's on, you know all access or whatever it might be on. And oh, it's, sometimes it's just not available on any of those. Um, and that's the same thing with music too. It's that, oh, wh- usually it's on all of them, but you have to, it's either you buy it or it's not available to stream. You know, I, I was, I just bought Scott Pilgrim, the Scott Pilgrim soundtrack and um, it, they didn't have it. You couldn't stream it anywhere. I couldn't just get it to do it. So I had to actually buy it. Um, hmm. and, that, and that's why I, that's why I, uh, I still buy movies. Like I still go and buy a physical copy sure. of, you know, Infinity War because anytime I want to watch it, it doesn't matter. I just walk over there and plug it in. It it, right. it makes me feel like the exact same reason why I I, I love owning uh dig or physical copies of video games too. Like I will, in fact, I haven't done it this year. I don't think I I will go over and play Super Mario World and uh, like Zelda. I, I it's still hooked up 
And you know what? I can walk over there, pick up that cartridge, you don't put have, it in, and play it. You don't have to patch it or anything? No, I don't have to patch it, um, and it just works. It's ooh. it's kind of funny. That's a that's a convenient segue into something that happened uh, this past weekend. Um, my parents were out of town, so it was me and my two youngest siblings. So we have we all watch varying amounts of anime mm-hmm. and, and uh, some other things. We're slowly working our way through the third season of Attack on Titan. And uh, we had ordered pizza delivered and um and then the power went out not power the internet went out we had power but no internet uh we're at my parents place and we've they've upgraded quote unquote from a terrible terrible dsl to a moderately better uh point-to-point wi-fi thing yeah um that's that's faster but less reliable so it's whatever six of one half dozen of the other and um (laughs) What anything we were trying to do? Oh, uh, Andrew wanted me to call the um, the theater, the Brokaw, the uh, beer theater. Right. We talk about all the time. I'm like, I can't get their page to load because we're also in kind of a a spotty um, cell phone coverage space. Like from some rooms of the house, we could get clear LTE, and in other rooms, we can't. Man, you you are in definition of the sticks definition right right and uh and i was like i don't know their website's not loading for me to check show times and um he's like why don't you just call them and i'm like <laughs> I've, I've literally never called them i don't want to call them <laughs> i would talk like, to a real person he, he's like he's like just find the phone number and call them and i'm like well the website is not loading how am i gonna find their phone number <laughs> and he's like he's like uh this information i forget how he said it like the information age like it works perfectly until it doesn't <laughs> right and uh and he's like he's like don't you have a don't you have a loyalty card thing in your wallet because they have the punch card thing and so i went and found the punch card and uh there's no phone number on it it's like their information their address their website and that's it <laughs> i'm like there's no phone number on this loyalty card he's like what do they need a phone anymore people need phones yeah weird yeah i'm like well there's a website and a physical address like those are the two (laughs) things i guess so anyway we were like uh what are we gonna do at one point one of them suggested uh setting up tethering on one of the iphone because we all have iphones set up tethering on one of the phones connect the apple tv to that wi-fi and then connect another phone to that wi-fi and then we can stream something over lte and cast it to the phone using this ad hoc tethering wi-fi <laughs> and i'm like i'm like that's first of all we're going to use up all of somebody's data right. doing that right. and it's probably not even going to work <laughs> so um i said a couple of months ago i bought a bunch of uh dvds at goodwill and so i came down here and got got the whole stack i'm like okay most of these and we're trying to figure out like what's what's good what's funny what's still gonna be accessible to um you know my 18 year old sister and my 24 year old brother um and that is not gonna get you know my parents yelling at me for for showing them something (laughs) Uh, right but you could just you know what you could you didn't need internet wi-fi new age you could just plug put it in and it worked right right exactly there's still a there's still a blu-ray player up there on that tv so um, I pulled out, I pulled out this whole stack and, and Andrew picked uh, school of rock. 
with Jack Black. Oh, okay. have you ever seen that movie? I have not seen that movie. I it's Jack Black is in like I have he, certain things I like him, certain things not so much. And I think that was one sure, where I was like, sure. ah, that's too Jack Black for me. It's it's very it's very Jack Black. I think it's fairly early in his acting career. I'm gonna put quotes around that He's entire phrase. Acting. Um, <laughs> He's had a career yeah. for sure. But yes. Oh, right, right, yeah, yeah. Um but it's uh it's the story of Dewey I wanna say Dewey Crow, that's a character from Justified. Dewey Finn, who is a washed up, you know, musician with dreams of being in a rock band but his band kicks him out and he's living with his square nerdy friend who used to be a rocker but now is boring and his friend's girlfriend who is uh played by sarah silverman as a complete like shrill condescending shrew like just a horrible character <laughs> you know, pl- played very well by Sarah Silverman in her screechy voice. Right. But uh, with like we we start watching this movie, and I can see my sister on her phone, like going on IMDb, and she's like, she's like, "Is that?" And I go, "Vanellope." She's like, "Yes, Vanellope Von Sweets." Yeah, from uh, Wreck It Ralph. Right. But um, this movie is the story of how he. Um, uh, uh, what's the word cons his way into taking a temporary uh, a substitute teaching job intended for his roommate um the principal of the school is uh um joan cusack oh okay and uh and he of course knows nothing about teaching and um he's he's substitute teaching a bunch of i think fifth graders at this like very very high-end private school and so all of the kids, the students, are not all of them, but half of them have classical music training, right? One plays a cello, one can sing, one can play classical guitar, one can play piano. And so he gets them to form a rock band. And then because they're all like 10 and 11, they don't know anything about classic rock. And so they go through a series of montages where like he shows them uh you know doors van halen led zeppelin like all the old classic rockers and and teaches them about rock and roll um, <laughs> that's right and jack it's black. it's it's dumb it's funny it's very it's very jack black it was very entertaining for me having seen it you know once or twice years and years ago it's at least 10 years old and probably it came out in like 0305 somewhere in that range um and to see my my younger siblings sort of react to this movie. Like they spent a good segment of, of the movie kind of stressed out because uh, he's the character is doing all this stuff and still like trying not to get caught because he's a complete fraud. And instead (laughs) of teaching the kids math and science and the stuff that they're supposed to be learning, he's teaching them about rock and roll because it's literally the only thing he knows. Right. And, uh, and they're like, they're like, Oh, this is stressing me out. (laughs) And of course I've seen the movie. So I know that, you know, he doesn't get thrown in jail as a sex offender or anything like that. Like it works out in the end, right. but uh, but it was it was very entertaining for me. Well, I I've not seen that one, and and I'm not sure if it's uh that's an encouraging thing that I that I hear. <laughs> if, if you have a moment, uh, what's the? I always forget what movie you said you watched with Bill when he was over 
and uh, oh, uh, you watched a dumb it's movie. The, it's the Brew Fest? Is that what it's called? Beer Fest? Beer Fest. Beer Fest, yeah. Right. So if you're in that kind of mood, you'll find this movie entertaining. <laughs> okay, so heavily inebriated. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> basically. basically. <laughs> well, All right. I'll tell you what. Something about talking about show things that are like worked way back when and it was totally different from now. Um, did you get to see there? This links. Trust me. Follow me with this. Um, did you okay. see the new Captain Marvel trailer from Marvel? Hmm. Hence from Marvel, Captain the Marvel, Marvel character Captain Marvel. Marvel, yeah, it's part of the Marvel Bri- Cinematic Brie Larson. Universe. Marvel, 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 Marvel. Right. I, mean, uh, this is Marvel, I did. Marvel. My favorite part was when she uh, punches that old lady in the face. Of course, that's like the biggest meme on on the internet these days is. Her punching. Why don't you tell me? Why don't you give me a a, a thirty second rundown of who those those uh, um, those changelings are? The Skr- Skrill Skrillex? Scroll. What are they called S K R U L L. Yeah, scr- the scroll. Um, I'm, you I'm, said it. I'm That's beat, it. I'm trolling. There's you a there's bit. no nothing more than that. It's just uh, they're just a race of changelings that are bad guys. And they so they're the Dominion. Yeah, they take. That's right. They take they take over um, from the inside type thing, which is interesting. Because so are they are they shapeshifters or are they more like body snatchers? They're shapeshifters. Yes. Um, okay. In the you in the take, oh, you mean like takeover organizations from the inside? Yes. So they'll they'll like I don't know, kill a senator and become the senator type thing. Um, but, Do they have to kill the senator? Well, they don't have to. They could kidnap them, but they're bad guys, so they probably kill him. Oh, it's yeah, it's easier if they just kill him, supplant. I mean, that's a it's not super common, I think, because it's a big thing, like you have to justify in some way. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that's a it's like the Cylons, right? Yep. Except the Cylons were not impersonating specific people. They just were humans. humans like if right. you're if your enemy is not visually distinguishable distinguishable then you know your kids running around in the playground you're not sure who's on your team because you don't have different colored uniforms yeah i I can tell you this here we are in 2018 mark it down my prediction for the next (laughs) in 10 years from now for the next infinity war will be secret wars um that is going to start right now um so the scroll are what we just explained are just a race of people that take over other planets by, you know, supplanting people at key spots and then weakening, weakening them, you know, like let's say becoming a president that tweets all the time, you know, crazy stuff like that throws the, the oh topical, right. Throws the, 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 the world into disarray and, and imbalance. And then they come in and invade. Um, so then do they try to, do they try to, um, call 50% of the population. Right, exactly. No, they just take it over and keep it all. Um but so that is What's their ultimate goal? Are they looking for resources or No, nope, uh, it's nothing that com- they just what? world domination. They want to dominate the I galaxy see. type just, thing. Just straight up Nazi evil. Yeah, they just thing. they just straight up like they want they expand their empire. It's an empire thing. They were the the scroll empire. So they have sectors of galaxies. Um, the whole cosmic thing of Marvel is really, really cool. Um, obviously, Guardians of the Galaxy is a big part of that. And then um, Thor sure. kind of has become part of that. Um, but the, the scroll and Kree are also really, really big of Marvel things. We've seen the Kree in Guardians of the Galaxy. He was the really terrible bad guy in the first movie where he was uh, mm-hmm. Ronan the Accuser. He was a Kree. They're blue people. 
and they were in uh, a big, big, huge plot line for Agents of Shield. Um, on the Agents of Agents Shield, Shield, yeah, they, their their blood was was magic. Yes, like Haiti type, uh, not stuff. Haiti, Tahiti. Tahiti, yeah, that's right. Beautiful Tahiti. It's a magical place. Um, magical place, that's right. Um, so yeah, they're the Kree are a race, and they're enemies to the Skrull. So th- those two warring races fight each other, and Captain Marvel is. Now, I don't know what their her storyline is going to be out in this movie thing. I think they're just going to make because she's got in the comic books a really, really complex, convoluted backstory that I don't even want to get into. And kind of I'm not even going to. And I think that they're, they'll do of. just like what they do with a lot of these things. They did with Guardians. And they just make a new one up. It's kind of a little bit has some kind of ties. And that'll be fine. Um, yeah. So there's there's no reason to really know this. But it does look like from the trailer, which is very cool, by the way, um, that she is from Earth and maybe kidnapped and taken to the Kree world and became like one of their big elite squads of like scroll fighters or whatever. Um, so you see her punching the old lady. Clearly, she's going to be a scroll, um, a changeling person. Now, Clearly. what? When I said Secret Wars, there was there was um, comics have series, mini series that they come along, and they're kind of like uh, all all. It's a big big universe. Comic books are so you can read Spider Man, and he will actually meet Tony Stark, and it's in the Iron Man comic books, and Iron Man will have you know the Hulk in his comic book. So it's all, it's all these crossing over of worlds. Um, so oh, I can't remember where I was going with that. Um, shoot. Totally, totally lost my train of thought. But anyway, the, the, the scrolls, um, Oh, I know. So these, these big storylines that span all these comic books are, are huge mm-hmm. events that sometimes take an entire year with multiple co- of the biggest comic books. And so, for if you're a comic book reader, a year of your life is taken up with this kind of story type thing, whatever that might be. And right. some that you're familiar with is Civil War was one of those. And that's they've turned it into a movie. Um, and mm-hmm. Infinity War was also what was called Infinity Gauntlet in the comic the, books. Was it a huge one that took a year? States rights. Right. So one of, Yes. So one of the, the big ones is um, this thing called Secret War. And that happened not too terribly long ago in the last 10 years. And it was just a year long event where several of the scrolls figured out a way to mimic superheroes powers, which is canonical that had happened. Um, So they had supplanted, I guess they, they'd retconned a lot of stuff, like say for five years to 10 years. Anyway, they had been slowly supplanting a lot of superheroes. Um, So it was, you know, who, no one, everyone trusting anyone. And oh, yeah, that's that's no good. That yeah. I mean, that's that's what it really is. You're like, if you if you have a story where your enemy can be anyone, yeah. I mean, you know, you go back to uh, the early 2000s and the the the, the 9-11 kind of thing, you know, street warfare. Like, if you don't know, then, you know, there's no trust and there's no uh, there's no security anywhere because you you just don't know. Like, it's a. It's a scary proposition it is a in scary real life thing. and in and in storytelling. So yeah, the whole the whole Cylon changeling. Yeah, and, and they're they're gonna they're gonna inter- introduce them. I'm sure in this in this movie, and there'll be a thing. Um, but I, I don't know if they. I, I you, I'm sure they won't be defeated. I'm sure they'll just kind of introduce the fact of what they are and kind of that whole thing in the world, and then she'll tie into Infinity War. And I just have a feeling that all of the little tags that are gonna through storylines or whatever are gonna have, you know. 
oh, that guy's really a scroll and that guy's not a scroll. Um, this is a really great way for them to be able to change characters and like actors um, and kill off characters in mm-hmm. later on in the future and say, oh, he was oh, a scroll. So it, it turns out everyone is a Cylon. Right. Everyone could be a Cylon. And then so eventually they for the next wave of things, they could say maybe Black Panther was a scroll all along. And, you know, so they have because Chadwick Boswin doesn't want to to do it anymore or something, you know. Um, so they they um, make the Black Panther be defeated because he's really a scroll, and mm-hmm. then his little brother comes up or something and becomes the new Black Panther. Right. So that that's that's a great little story mechanism that they can do. I'm sure they're going to do it, and they'll have this huge thing just a la Infinity War later on that comes after ten years and all these movies of the scroll slowly supplanting your favorite heroes. I I read in the. In the like month that I was subscribed to Marvel Unlimited, I read a bunch of the Miss Marvel series. Do you think they will uh, they will take this opportunity to to reboot Rogue as a badass? Rogue, Rogue. You mean like the <laughs> X Men Rogue? Yeah, the X Men Rogue. There's a there's a Miss Marvel comic, at least one, the one that I read where Rogue shows up and like she can fly and has a bunch of the same powers Miss Marvel has. And I'm like, what is this Rogue? This is not Rogue. <laughs> Rogue is this like mopey teenager who can't touch oh, anybody. That's right. You knew her from the uh, X Men things, right? Yeah, that's. I don't read comics, so I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when, obviously, when, I when, do. When I'm I watched, when I read comic, I read, when I first started reading comic books, she was already like in superpower mode and was really cool. And I didn't, I didn't know anything about her, so I had to look back on her history. And evidently, there was like a. I'm going to misspeak here, but there's like a Miss Marvel. It may have even been a Miss Marvel that was dying or something. And Rogue went and absorbed her powers and then she died. So she got them permanently. So she is like Miss Marvel. She has, yeah. She got and I think, super I think comic book rogue is kind of like, um, Peter Petrelli from heroes where like she touches somebody and gains their powers, but she has those powers until she touches somebody else. Well, no, they're, they're temporary and they wear off, but, but if she holds on for too long, she can kill them and she'll get them permanently. So that's nice. not a good thing to happen, you know, but she's only done that to a few people, but that's how she was normal being a mutant. She was normal as a mm. kid growing up, but her powers are all stolen from somebody else that has died. So I see, kind I of, see kind of a weird thing, but yeah, she, she is so, kind of a bad, more like Siler. Yes. <laughs> right. Siler, the, the parasitic thing. But anyway, the, back to the trailer, the trailer was great. Um, I watched it with Sid, my Obviously, Marvel, she's going to lead the new Marvel Cinematic Universe. She's going to be the new Captain America type person. Um, mm. And that's super cool. Um, Marvel is doing what some of the things that as Marvel and Disney does is they're highlighting that she's a female, but not a, like making an oppressive thing or shoving it in your face or whatever. And just naturally making a female lead naturally like they should. And I showed watch this trailer with Sydney, and it you could just tell that it's like she loved that it. it was said like how to become a and it said her and then it turned it into hero. And I was a like hero, yeah. And I was that like that was that was inspired. That was really cool. And Sid really loved that. You know, my my twelve year old daughter having this really kick butt, you know, superhero that isn't like a token thing, but it's just it's going to lead, and you can tell she's going to be amazing. So I'm excited for that. You know to have that happen and be a real thing that for sure, you know, cause I honestly, I, I obviously I identify with 
males and male comic book type things and that strength and masculinity type stuff. But, um, I, you know, I rally behind. Yeah. And cool it's always, characters too. it's always a little bit problematic for, you know, two middle-aged white guys to, to comment on, on gender politics in any context, but sure. for sure, for sure. in Superman, like we've had the various forms of, you know, ranging from Superman, Captain America to Batman, the like, you know, identifiable, not uh, identifiable, but um, whatever the like white guy superhero we've had. Yeah, for, we've had for our 50, whole generation years. So. Right. Like, yeah. it's OK. It doesn't mean it doesn't mean that those characters disappear just because we have Wonder Woman or exactly. Um, yeah, right. You know, something something more, you know, with with all due respect to the creators of the Avengers franchise and and Scarlett Johansson and um and uh, what's her name? Elizabeth Olsen, like the female characters so far that we've had in the Avengers have all been like tokens or sidekicks or, um, you know, whatever. Right. Like, and they they need to be awesome. Those characters should have been full character. They're they're good. You're right. With all respect to them, it's they're they're good, but they they should be what they're going to make Miss Marvel to be. And I think a lot of Phase Three stuff's going to do that. I know there's talk of having Kamala Khan, which is actually Ms. Marvel, Captain Marvel, Ms. Marvel, two sort of things. Right, um, right. And so they they'll actually have. By the way, just so everybody's clear, Miss Marvel is was just a fangirl of Captain Marvel, and. She, when she took the name Captain Marvel, she said, well, I want to have, can I have your old name type thing? So that's why she's Ms. Mm. Marvel. I mean, it's, yeah, the, the comic book history of that, as I understand it, is is fairly complex and also fairly problematic. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it, it is what it is. But, but, but anyway, they'll, hopefully it sounds like they're going to do just naturally in a good way, just make it an even thing, which it should be there. You know, women are leaders and strong and amazing in real life and. They should be on the screen for everyone to enjoy. Yeah. So, yeah. In, in, in a fully full capability like uh, Captain Marvel is going to be. So I'm, I'm excited for that. Really cool. Looks great. Do you want to take a minute and, and talk about any recent good times? You had some good times, Dennis. What's your good times, buddy? I mean, I don't have a give, lot. Give me a, uh, give me a house update at least. Okay, uh, I made it over to the house uh, Tuesday of last week and um, got started on the flooring on the second floor, uh, doing laminate floor on there, which I'm not crazy about, but given the choice between uh, putting in all new hardwood flooring, because the, the house unfortunately had no existing hardwood floor, which is very disappointing to learn, but right. I think I said that disappointing twice because that's how disappointing it was. Um uh, so the choice between putting in all new hardwood floor, which is prohibitively expensive in this market that I'm in, and putting in carpet, which is terrible and is ruined the first time, you know, a dog relieves himself on it or somebody spills a soda or glass of wine. Um, laminate floor was the was the best kind of option of those. Like, it's actually cheaper than carpet and much more durable. So we'll do that and throw some area rugs down to, to stage it. But I've never installed that. It was a unique challenge um basically need two people which i did not realize before i started but andrew came over and helped me with some of that um got that started and then um wednesday or thursday of last week um after we recorded klingons and dragons i i got that sore throat and i'm like i cannot go over there and 
run a saw and bend <laughs> over, you know, squat down and stand back up and squat down and stand back up. Like I already feel terrible. Like that's <laughs> it's our, it's already uh, starting to, to happen. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I, I already don't feel well. Like I cannot, it was, it was arduous to go over and do that when I was not, not feeling when I was feeling fine. <laughs> so. Oh goodness. Well, let's see. Good times. I man, it's, I, last week I said Spider Man, but I but I I've been playing Spider Man with things. <laughs> Sid and I got to to play. I bought uh, Mystic Veil, vale, um, the, mm. the the game that you and I have played at AEG the AEG game. game. Yeah, I, I bought Mystic Veil. Vale. Um, I I blame stupid your brother David and the Gen Con episode. I was working out. I usually listen to the podcast on there, and sure enough, he we're going around the. the the porch talking about games we like the most and right. David starts talking about mystic veil and all about it and what he liked about it. And I'm like, ah, I love that game. So as <laughs> soon as I finished the set, I pulled up Amazon and ordered it right away. I was like, I'm not getting going to wait. So nice, stupid, stupid David. Um, and, <laughs> and I, uh, but I got it. It's, I was going to send you a text the other day. I was like, I don't understand why you don't own this game. I mean, it's one that comes with sleeves and the first thing you do when you open the box is you have to sleeve the cards. Like you get starter cards and they all, and then you have a package of sleeves. Like this is a game made for Dennis. I mean, I like sleeves. Putting cards in sleeves is is a more uh, um, fulfilling, a more satisfying experience than actually playing a game and potentially l- losing and being frustrated. Right. <laughs> like I'm so, exaggerating a little bit. But right. No, they, they, I think when. Um, I said this before when we talked about it on the Gen Con show. I tried it last year, at not at 2016 Gen Con, and just on the on the show floor, on the exhibit hall floor, and it was just okay. Like I think I was waiting to do something else or whatever. Like I did buy Custom Heroes, which has a very different but it's same idea card crafting as AEG has called and, and trademarked it. Um, system where you put transparent cards into sleeves on top of the normal cards. Um, and I think I think the combination of that, like Custom Heroes being a completely different kind of, um, uh, as Trotsky calls it, a climbing game where you're playing cards that are one more than the card played previously, very similar to his, uh, his Critters game. Um, and that I was kind of at saturation for deck builders at the time like i had just bought legendary um i hadn't even gotten the lord of the rings card game yet but um it just didn't it didn't grab me as much right um, and then when we played it this year uh i had fun but my strategy was completely wrong and i realized like two-thirds of the way in so i was like eh i spent enough money at gen con already <laughs> <laughs> right well you know i still haven't played through my um my AEG game stack, but I found something good for them. Um, the there's a couple that we played in in there that are just okay. They're just okay at best. Yeah, um, I haven't played most of those. David and Andrew played them all, and and Andrew is of the opinion that they are all terrible. I don't know that I some of them that. are okay, but Andrew hates a lot of stuff. So right. you know, take that as 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 you will. Uh, I uh, I I. My daughter, Sydney, goes to the Boys and Girls Club here, and they have, like, a, a teen room, which was called, where all the teens go, and they hang out. We're not with the little kids anymore. 
and she was mm-hmm. talking about how it's lacking of stuff. So I'm gonna we're gonna donate a lot of those those games that are just okay to to the the boys and girls That's club. Cool. And yeah, that I think that'll be good because you know for Sydney and I who are gamer gamers, they're not great, but for like the normies, it'll they're the fun. They're gonna be really great. You know, nice. And they'll they'll love them. Um, so hopefully that'll be. But anyway, the uh, Mystic Veil, I haven't played it. We just sleeved it like we normally do. And but it's really easy, so we're gonna probably play that here in the next couple of days, and I'm excited about it. Um, that's been most. Let's see, that was the, probably one of the biggest good times. Um, I did have another. Um, oh, I got this is silly, but I got um, I got a new comforter for my bed. It's been people who <laughs> had seen my bed know that my comforter was ragtag, beat to heck for many years. So I bought a. I see. I, did, I went ahead and dropped the money on a. I have a king size bed, so nothing's cheap with it. And uh, I no, dropped, no. I dropped on a, on a really nice one comforter and like down and everything. And then a whole duvet cover for it and Egyptian cotton threads and whatever. So I got that all done and I put it on and it wasn't even like 10 minutes when I just tried it out and I was dead asleep. Like it just felt warm and wonderful and amazing. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely that, good times um, for me. Definitely good times. Uh, I I've made an interesting switch uh, within the last year, even less than that, within the last couple of months. Um, something I experienced in Ireland that I think is fairly uncommon here. Um, the uh, whatever method of making a bed without um, sheets, without top sheets. Um, and so I got a, a duvet and a duvet cover, which is yep. just like similarly shaped to a comforter. But if you imagine a giant comforter shaped pillow with a comforter shaped and sized pillowcase, that's what a duvet is. Yeah, that, that, those, that's what I got. It wasn't really a comforter. It was a duvet. It's got, you know, little 12 inch. Uh, what's it called? So it's kind of like a quilt, actually, is what it is. Yeah, it's like in segments. Yeah. And, um, and then I have that and no and just and nothing else aside from the sheet that covers the mattress. Right. Um, which is nice for me because I sleep on my side and I toss and turn and it gets all you're like sleeping in a dryer full of towels. Yeah, I had, I had um, like a I always had a sheet that I slept underneath and then the, the comforter on top. And now it's so nice and soft. I just want that darn duvet and duvet cover just on top of me it's so good it uh that that's a perfect opportunity for me to segue into our weekly challenge <laughs> how, is that, how is that a segue into the weekly challenge comforter i'm, I'm, che- means weekly I'm cheating challenge. because you already you already told me this story before we started recording oh. <laughs> but uh for the benefit of the listeners uh in this week's back to the challenge wait a minute doc uh, are you telling me that you built a time machine Kind of a DeLorean? We are watching uh, the Martin Scorsese film, 2004, The Aviator, starring Leonardo DiCaprio, Kate Blanchett. Oh, yes. Okay. Many, many I know where you're going with this now. Okay. But the, so, the connection segue. Mm. So, so, Mike, did you get a chance to finish this film? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so listeners, the inside joke he's pushing at here is that I did not get to watch all of it. It's a three-hour movie, and I sat down to, to watch it last night, and I it was in and an your early new time. Bed was just too comfortable. It was so comfy, and I laid there and I covered up, and it was like eight o'clock. I put plenty of time on there, and I got 
about 45 minutes left of the movie, and I just did not get to finish the rest of it. But I fell asleep seen at like it a long time ago, PM. but I don't quite remember the ending. But yeah, I can talk about it. I just didn't get the the ending. And it's not like this is one of those movies that it's not like it's okay, it's okay to spoiler it because it's a historical film. It, yeah, it's it's old and it's historic. I mean, it's 14 years old and it's a movie about historical events. I think a lot of the scenes are direct, like one for one recreations of historical events that are on film and on record. Um, right. I. Knowing that, as I said last week, my initial reaction to this film was largely negative. I knew that it was very long, and I also was not feeling well. So um, I watched it over Friday and Saturday night. I started it Friday night knowing that it would probably take me at least two nights. And yeah. uh, we did um, my mom's birthday last night, and so I knew that uh, – yesterday, I should say. Yesterday, yesterday evening, and so I was like, it's probably going to be hard for me to, to duck away at any reasonable hour to start watching this, so I should watch it. You, know, <laughs> you you knew ahead of time what was ha- going to happen, right? Right, right. Uh, so, yeah, what's your? I know you didn't you didn't watch it all the way through, but do you have any? Do you have any first? Uh, so, for the benefit of the listeners, if you've not seen this fourteen year old film and you don't know anything about Howard Hughes and you don't want to be quote unquote spoiled about this historical story, um, you should skip <laughs> the, ahead. It's in every. It's on the, Netflix. Go. The, Find a find a decent block of time over at least two sittings and and watch this movie. It's it's three hours long, so don't uh, be under any delusions there. It's not lighthearted. It's not. Uh, uh, I'll say it's not an easy watch. It's not difficult to watch. It's just very long and very. Um, uh, I don't know. Parts of it are are unpleasant. It's not like Girl with the Dragon Tattoo or anything. It's just a, right. Yeah. kind of awkward real life story real so life. uh do you have any do you have any f- quick first impressions reactions sure uh it's i i don't mind long shows generally i can i can handle them and it, this one wasn't this didn't it, it was long but it wasn't feeling like i was getting like mentally tired from watching it there was just a, a lot it really, you could tell it was a, it's a biopic. Is, is that the right word term mm-hmm. biopic where it's just about somebody's life? Biopic. Yeah. Um, where it's, you know, you're just going through this, things this guy did in his life. So he did a lot of things. And so the three hours felt like, oh yeah, they're just, and they didn't say boring things. This guy, he did a lot like his whole life. And he was, DiCaprio plays DiCaprio, young DiCaprio was, was a man. He's a manic actor when he was younger. So he's, he played mm-hmm. that same kind of character. Uh, that he had, okay, still, but he's still very manic. So he felt like, you know, oh my gosh, this guy is always going, always doing something. And they weren't, they didn't put a lot of stuff in there that felt like this is boring. Or It was all high high points in his life, things that were important for them to tell. Yeah, they um, covered a lot of time. Yeah. And gave, I, I mean. I mean, he was, yeah, he was involved sorry. in a lot of things. Like, how do you, do you cut out the, um. Oh, my, it's on the tip of my tongue. What's his, the, his, he didn't get married to her, but his relationship to, uh, to uh, the first Catherine one. Hepburn. He, Catherine Hepburn. You can't cut that out. That was important, you know, and it was a great performance. Yeah. And yeah, so everything that was in there was in there. And then some of the things that you think they could have had, you know, a lot more about, they just kind of, they blew through because there's so much more to tell. So anyway, that's a long way to say that three hours wasn't, wasn't terrible or didn't feel like it was that bad. Uh, the, the story itself, great. I thought DiCaprio was uh, pretty great. Um, I do. I, I like him. I like. I said that before. I, I wish that I didn't like him, but I do. 
and um, his OCD stuff that he had, there was some good good acting in there where he didn't want to open yeah. up the door to the bathroom. And you could just, on the actor's face, know that he was in pain. Right? Yeah. Just- yeah. All of that, like, it's a little bit like, um, I'm thinking back to the movie Ray about... Um, um, Ray Charles? Ray, Ray Charles, yeah. Sorry, thank you. Um, where, like, there was no moment where I didn't believe that he was that guy. Like... I know Leonardo DiCaprio, and so I know, like, it was never truly, well, I don't want to say never. It was, there were many moments where I was like, yeah, this is not Howard Hughes, it's it's Leonardo DiCaprio. Leonardo Blank. DiCaprio, yeah, yeah. Um, But it wasn't as much as, like, um, a Kate Blanchett, I felt like, truly inhabited, like, the personality and the, and the whatever of... Of Catherine Hepburn, at least as much as I know Catherine Hepburn, which is not a lot. Right. Um, but I could never really get past that, like, it it wasn't her like it was Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett has such a distinct, um, <laughs> I'm going to say this, this sounds weird, but she has such a distinct face, a distinct look, that that was distracting for me. But as far as the, like, the the characterization, the emotion between these two people and understanding the way that at least with the information we have the way that that relationship must have gone between these two like very big personalities was all fully convincing um you know fully believable the my my sort of two big reactions watching this for the second time and being a little more prepared for it like knowing that it was long knowing that it ends just sort of um like deep diving into his like OCD uh, uh triggers and and things that happened knowing that that stuff was coming um my two sort of reactions and uh a part of that is this being part of this is the movie being 14 years old but seeing all the actors that I know who are in this right like um there's data was in this yeah yeah brent spiner is in there in one in one scene willem dafoe is in there for one scene uh you know original green goblin which is what i know him from um uh adam scott from uh parks and rec um, yes yeah yeah ben wyatt is there yeah. in the beginning i was like when i saw Wait, ben i was like whoa no, i didn't know he ben was in this. and I, and i forget that adam scott i think is probably in his early 40s maybe late 30s and like i did not remember seeing him in anything before parks and rec and there he is in this movie um the uh somewhat ironically the girl who plays um the she's playing she's playing a 15 year old but i think the actress is actually like 20 when this movie was made um the the model that howard hughes is dating who runs her car into his car when he's riding in the car with um Ava Gardner. Did you get yep. to that scene? Yes. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Um that actress was one of the main characters in the uh TV series Pan Am that only went one season with um uh Margot Robbie. Right. I don't know if you ever saw that. 
I have not seen that one. No. That series. Uh, it was just kind of ironic to me that like she's in this movie about the aviator, and there's this whole uh, um, Pan Am subplot with um, Baldwin. Uh, oh, Alec Al- Baldwin. yeah, Al- Alec Baldwin's in it too. There's another one. Yeah, yeah, Alec Baldwin's in there. The guy from um, Mash. Yeah, Alan Alda. Um, Kate Beckinsale. It's it's definitely an an all star, star star studded cast. Star studded cast, and so so that was my one reaction. Like every every you know twenty minutes, half hour, like somebody new would come on, and I'm like, oh wait, is that is that Brent Spiner? What Uh, I found myself doing, I I felt myself doing the this not the real life celebrity thing, but the uh, googling, but the uh, um. I was Googling the, the real life people like, oh, yeah, who is this I was, guy? I was, Who's that girl? I was definitely doing that, too. They're doing the the first. Oh, that's the other cameo is freaking um, Bilbo. Ian Holm was in there. Not not Martin um, Martin Freeman Bilbo, but original Lord of the Rings Bilbo. It's uh, his little yeah. uh, his meteorologist. Uh, oh, yeah. Right. That guy. He was yeah. good. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, I was doing the same thing. Like when he's, he's on, uh, he's not on trial, but on review with the MPAA or whatever organization that was at the time for his movie, the outlaw, which from all the scenes that you're showing is just like, it clearly was some kind of like borderline softcore. but, um, they're, they're talking about this actress and I'm like, who is this actress? I've never heard of her. And so I'm on Googling or I'm looking up. Uh, Ava Gardner to see how similar she looks to um, or how similar Kate Beckinsale looks to her um, and and all of that stuff. And as I said last week, like before I started the movie, I got on Wikipedia for just a couple minutes to kind of get a get a brief like hot take of of who Howard Hughes was and what um, what he was about. And there's interesting stuff toward the end that you probably didn't get to where he, uh, although you said you've seen the movie before, where he is on trial, the Senate hearings with um, Senator, I'm not going to remember the actual senator's name, but Alan Alda's character for war profiteering and stuff that is really just Pan Am trying to get a legal, you know, government-sponsored monopoly on international air travel. Um. But anyway, my so that my first. So did you like it? Of, you, you say you, you before you said that you kind of liked it, or you didn't like it. I can't remember what your initial I, thing. I enjoyed it much more, sort of knowing what the things, like the initial things that I disliked about it were how long it was and the like OCD things that when I saw this ten plus years ago were just annoying. Knowing those things were coming, like knowing the movie was long and knowing those things were coming, let me ignore those and focus on the other things like the story, the historical context of what was going on um, in this whole uh, this whole piece. Um, the second part. So the all the actors I'm going to say I want to say cameos, not really cameos, like all the recognizable actors that you see throughout this story. um, who else am I thinking of? I've name dropped almost everyone else. Uh, Gavin Belson. Right. Right. Yeah. The guy from Silicon Valley. <laughs> Silicon Valley is his, uh, his like engineer. That's, that's who that was. God, I was like, I couldn't <laughs> put the name with the face with that. Oh yeah. 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 Um, right. so, so anyway, and then like 
from not even like five, ten minutes into this movie. So like the movie opens with him with his mom during cholera epidemics and she's like, you know, you're not safe, right? It's setting up the like, yes, he has OCD, but it's also there's also a little bit of nurture to go along with this nature uh, uh, problem that he has. And then it jumps into him as a young adult making this silent movie with the planes, the biplanes. And just as they're like so much of that first half hour of the film is about him making a movie. I was like, oh, this movie is uh, it's Oscar bait. Oh, kind of sure. Okay, like so much. And I should have known this before we started, but I went and looked up before we started recording. This movie was nominated for 11 Academy Awards. Really? And it won five. Okay. Uh, This is maybe one of the first times DiCaprio was nominated for Best Actor and did not win. Um, But Alan Alda was nominated for Supporting Actor. Kate Blanchett was uh, won for Supporting Actress. This movie also won for art direction, cinematography, costume design, and editing, film editing. But then there's a lot there of are, stuff for it. Yeah, there are a bunch of other awards that it was both nominated for and won. Uh, Chicago Film Critics, um, um, British Academy Film Awards, Golden Globes. DiCaprio did win Best Actor at the Golden Globes. But yeah, okay. as the movie's going on, I'm like, this movie, like you can, it's, it's obvious, like some, some, I'm going to, I'm going to use the broad category Oscar bait as if I really, really understand how the Academy Awards work. And I do not at all, but you can tell the movies that are made for the Academy Awards by how, well, if they're like this movie, which has so much content about movie making that you're like, oh yeah, this is clearly written to appeal to the Academy, like filmmakers and people in the film industry. Which is not to say that it's bad. It's just there's a, a lot different of those. kind I mean, of... These day and age, there's a lot of those that just come out there. and It's one of the most annoying things about the Academy type stuff is that they're just made to be that. Well, yeah, and that's why, and that's why they are this year trying to make this new category, um, outstanding achievement in popular film, which I I cynically refer to as their acknowledgement of the fact that an Academy Award Best Picture is not necessarily the most successful or most popular film of the year. Now, I'm sure this movie did very well, but um, it, like. The movies that people go see are the Marvel movies, the Star Wars movies, and those movies don't win Academy Awards. Yeah, because they're not hunting. They're not trying. Well, we, we had a right. little conversation earlier on about how is with the new Joker film that came out that talked about um, you had said somebody had mentioned that uh, Joaquin Phoenix showed uh, more expression on his face in 15 seconds than some of the Marvel people have shown in the entire Oh, yeah, show. that was just a meme. But but, that, but that's the same thing. It's like they're not tr- they don't try to to do that they're not trying to win emmys and oscars and stuff like that they're telling a different kind of story and meeting a different kind of need for viewers um right right but but some of these things they they put these movies they put out that are specifically for those kind of award bait type things yeah this is a conversation we should have had our buddy fox on for but 
Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, we'll talk about Fox about that for sure. So I know I know you didn't finish the movie, but what what was your impression of the two thirds of it you did see? I, I liked it. I liked it. Uh, it's it's got a lot to tell. He was a an interesting character, and I could see how they made they made a movie about him because I mean the guy's manic, crazy, and I still don't understand how he didn't get go broke. I don't understand everything he did mm. was throwing money away ridiculous amounts of money and then he would come back later and say well i'll just have to pay for it myself 18 million dollars i I think a lot of a lot of his gambles paid off and because like when i would google them later on like in the middle of the thing i'd say like how did hell's angels do and it's like it was really wildly successful but didn't make back its its budget and this other thing happened and he Mm. gambled and it made a lot of money it was super famous but it never broke even i mean granted i think our buddy Trotsky will probably tell us that's how business works, but right, it's it's risk. Yeah, I mean they talk a lot about Toolco, the um, drill bit company in Texas. Like yeah. maybe that was just a stable enough business that it was able to, you know, sort of carry some of these other ventures until they not necessarily made money, but broke even or or came back. I mean, obviously he, maybe not obviously, but like like he designed some planes the less interesting parts of the story are probably planes he designed that, that did work and did sell. And, you know, he has that first, uh, the first plane where he breaks the record and they're like, you know, take the, take the top wing off. And of course, from the perspective of 2004, you're like, well, yeah, obviously take the top wing off. We all know that that happened, but like what happens in between? I also love the scene. Um, I don't remember who he's with. I think it's a scene where he's with Catherine Hepburn and they transition seamlessly from them together in bed and his hands to him running his hand along the plane with the with the flush rivets. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, you know, he's like, you know, not enough, talk- right. right. He's like, you know, the scene before he's talking to to um, the Kevin Belson character and he's like, no, there's still there's still too much like. The rivets have to be smooth. Like I have to be able to, you know, it's too much wind resistance. And uh, then later they they transition from the scene with him with Kate Blanchett to him seeing the plane again and run. And it's almost like the way it's filmed, you don't even see it. It's so shiny and reflective, and you see him running his hand along it. And it's, uh, you know, they got the rivets flush. And you, we know from the perspective of history that that happened. But you're like, yeah, that's that's what he had to do. He had to get the get the drag down and you still feel the tension later. I know you didn't get to this part of the film, but when he eventually gets the, the Hercules, the spruce goose to fly. Oh yeah. I, I, like, I'll, I there's, there's, there's things like that. And I remember I want to go watch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you, again, you, whatever. I um, need to, I need to, I need to watch. I need, it's not that much <laughs> left. I can, I can watch the, the rest yeah, of that. Yeah. Um, the uh, was the one that I, I liked that like the the plane crash thing when he did when he like he he crashed a couple times but when he got like burnt and stuff like oh, that yeah. that was pretty crazy and then um, seeing Leo with that beard or that mustache was disturbing and the big bushy <laughs> eyebrows and stuff that was pretty disturbing um, that totally talk about a different look on his face was just really yeah uh, and and just like. Um, just like the performances of Kate Beckinsale and Kate Blanchett playing these like big, well-known, identified, um, identifiable 
historical figures. Like, I'm sure that he watched whatever footage of Howard Hughes was available um, to perfect that a performance. Yeah, yeah. Right. Sure, sure. And, and But he did good with it. And even, you know, like I said, uh, Kate Blanchett won Best Supporting Actress for that portrayal. And even though, like, I always knew it was Kate Blanchett, watching it, watching her inhabit that persona of um, of Catherine Hepburn was just, it was always it was always believable to an extent. Like, yeah, I was never, I was never fully immersed in it, but I'm like, I'm sure that she is doing her absolute best to inhabit the personality of this, of this larger than life actress. I, I, I think that Kate Blanchett was great and she's a good actress, but I wonder if somebody else could have done it. I, I mean, I get that same thing you're saying is that I, I feel that I kept seeing her. And if there was another actress yeah. doing that, that thing maybe maybe they couldn't but she's a really you know Catherine Hepburn is a very vibrant personality that a lot of people know so I'm sure someone could have redone it and not seen Kate Blanchett as a thing I I learned through whatever and this is this is nothing at all but um through watching this movie and and googling as I was various things throughout I learned that she uh Catherine and Audrey Hepburn are completely unrelated Really? Did you know that? I did not know that. She, as you can tell, as you learn in the movie, uh, Catherine Hepburn is part of a wealthy um, Connecticut family. Probably. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's why they all the people that were in there. Yeah. Right. Um, Where Audrey Hepburn's family are like, I want to say Dutch. I don't know if that's the right European country, but. Um, they're like Dutch nobility of some kind. Yeah. So just, just completely unrelated. They just happen to have the same name. The, the, uh, that scene when they're in the house, um, with all the family, man, I'm with her family. I, I, yeah. I expected him to get up and be a lot worse than what he was. Like those people <laughs> would have ticked me off, like ticked yeah. me off. And he's, he's so not quite so stable aggressive, so so privileged, aggressive to where he finally hit his hit his line and was like, "Yeah, you don't like to talk about money because you have money. You have money." And they were all like, "Oh, heaven forbid!" And he's like, "No, he's, he's just you're a bunch of it's it's even it's even more poignant now than it was fourteen, fifteen years ago." Right, and and he oh definitely, and he uh, is one of those like I'm an engineer. And they were like, oh, engineer, airplanes, and that big deal. And he was excited about talking about it, and they just cut him off about so-and-so is a painter. And like, mother, <laughs> you know, <laughs> goodness gracious. Yeah. Oh, yeah. well. Well, it was good. I enjoyed it. Um, um, I did too. I, it, it's, it's worth it. I, I think looking back on it today, I think it still holds up. I think you can watch that show, not feel like it's old or it's bad performances or any kind of cinematography wrong. It was, it's good. I think you could watch it now and still get the full value out of it for a way back challenge. All right. Well, um, this week it's, uh, it's your pick. What do you got? Okay. So we're just going to do, uh, one of our old Netflix original challenges. It'll be, um, 
I've got, well, wait, no, it's not a Netflix original challenge. Let's <laughs> cut that out. Somebody, whoever edits this show, cut that out because that's not what this is. This is, uh, I don't even know what, how to do this one. It's just a challenge. It's just going to be a weekly challenge. There's nothing we've really done with this one because it's not anywhere. I guess akin to Unbreakable. Um, now we need to craft an NPC to, uh, as, our, as our fictional uh, editor. <laughs> right. somebody, like, somebody who's, who does all the hard work and hey barry no can you it. edit this out and then barry yeah barry needs to, to get a better and you know what he needs to do a better job of time doing it on time too he needs to get stuff done quicker <laughs> um barry so we don't have a uh, in in your in your year two segment titles we don't have a we don't have a title for i mean we could call it anime challenge i guess uh, this, this, yeah, this is a, this is an anime, but I, that's kind of a genre thing. I was thinking more of it, just a, a challenge, just a weekly challenge. We should have just a just because there's nothing here on a, a platform. So you know, the one I want to do is challenge. Now you want to go back to a yeah, challenge. I know, right? <laughs> this is this is a pure Sorry. weekly challenge right here. Go, go um, ahead. What show? What show or movie do you want? Do you so want this is one that that my daughter Sydney and I watched. Uh, I had seen it on like on TV and we started watching it on the iPad actually. Cause it was just a two minute segment. It's called Ruby R W B Y. And it is an anime, but it's one of the, I'm oh, I was yeah. nervous I, about this. I saw this. This was, was it on Netflix for a while? It was on Netflix for a while. That's, I think that's what we, I ended up finding it was on Netflix. Then we watched the first season on there. First two seasons. It's not anymore. Right. So that's why it's it not be a Netflix. Or, you got to go to what, rooster the, teeth, rooster teeth website and watch it. Yeah, that's the company yeah. makes it. They okay. make other animes too, but they're um, you can only get it through there. Most uh, well known like five for their uh, their Machinima series, um, Red versus Blue, about yes. Halo characters. Right. Well, th- this is made. This has got a. Uh, I don't know. I'm nervous about putting this forward because I think that for you, you're either going to love it or you're going to hate it. I think it's going to be one of the, the middle because it has got that com- uh, computer CG anime. That mm. in the past you've not been a big fan of, um, but it's got I think the storyline and the feel that I, that could be right up your alley. Now for me, it's got the, some of the best anime action sequences ever made, in my own opinion. Mm. That's probably overselling okay. it now. Um, well, I will I will expect to hate it, and then if <laughs> I I think it's just okay, I'll be pleasantly surprised. Right. It's a uh, uh, Sydney and I. Sydney loves it and she watched it all the time. It's a, it's an interesting thing because there are like 18 episodes, but there are only like five minutes a piece hmm. um, on average. So this is that one that thing for you, while, if you watch it all. Ago. It's actually only like an hour and a half to two hours. Uh, okay. For the so I should be able to get through all of it in the next week. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting too. When I was watching it, I didn't realize that it was that, um, uh, cause you're watching it expecting like a whole show and then they just have this little segment. It's almost like a little vignette thing that happens, but it's only five minutes. So it's quick and over. And then the next one is another, it's, it's continues the story, but it's, let's put it this way. They're in a school and they go on a monster hunt in one episode. And it's a five minutes of them going out and having a little mm. bit of conversation, but then four minutes of it is them on the monster hunt. And then the next episode is just, okay. And they're back at the school. So it's just broken up into these five to eight is it, minutes. Um, is it English or Japanese? I believe it's English. It's, it's all I English. You, I watched the trailer before we started recording, and I don't think I even noticed. Well, I had yeah. it turned down. I think I was just reading. Yeah. It's 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 a it's an English. Um, it's a Western anime. Uh, yeah, but it's I think American I, made, so. I believe though, and I, this people who are fans of this are going to probably shoot me. I believe that he the the creator was a an Asian American. Um, I see. 
Man, that's that's terrible. Like, because the thing about him, it's kind of interesting. Is <laughs> we're that we're going to get emails about that? Yeah, he. The thing about him is that he he made this on his own. It was wildly popular. He's got a huge following, and then he died, like after oh. season two. Uh, I think it was a car crash or something incredibly unexpected. And he was really mm-hmm. young, he was in his twenties. So a really hugely successful series that everybody really really loved, and he was getting massive acclaim for, and then just done. So wow, yeah, it was pretty terrible. But well, Rooster now I'm going to feel bad it. if I hate it, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, Rooster Teeth decided to keep his spirit alive, and and since they owned it anyway, he they, he was making it for them, and uh, they kept going on with other series. And I and I've heard that it's just as good. So um, I, I'm happy to see it again, watch it again from the first one, and if I like it more, then maybe Sydney and I will be able to watch the rest of the series as catch up to it. So cool, cool, super cool. Ruby, R-W-B-Y. I'll check that out. Well, speaking of um, original creators and Western anime, did you see that uh, the original creators of The Last Airbender are going to be making a a new, quote-unquote, real live-action Avatar movie? Man, my my heart is holding in my chest barely about this. (laughs) I I mean, it's it's just, it's my, what if... I want to say it's my favorite anime of all time um, is hmm. the Avatar's The Last Airbender series. And okay, so full so full bad. disclosure, I have not watched I don't I don't think I've seen any of any of it. Like oh, we're, we're, I'm familiar with it. some some of the characters I know about Ang 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 No, I, don't say I, Ang. I, don't say Ang. I always try to pronounce it wrong to, to irritate my nieces, but it's then I trigger end up me. Pronouncing, yeah. it, pronouncing it right. The, it's Aang. Um, Aang is the right way. And I know from talking to them, they're, they're very young, that frequently the story involves someone losing their bending, which unlike Futurama is, is not a physical it's bar a bender, right. b- bending. Please insert girder. But a... Uh, their their ability to use uh, magic as it is in this world, and um, um, then their sort of journey to get that ability back, kind of like the storyline of Destiny Two, which you may or may not have played. It was not really worth playing, so it's not an endorsement. But um, so I so no spoilers on any of that, though. I do have some bits and pieces. There's like a guy who sells fruit or melons or something. And there's also a story where the, some, there's one story that's like 50 years prior to the other story and whatever order those stories come out. I don't, I don't really know. Yeah. And also the, the ones that are after. Yeah. There's a character later uh, named Cora who is uh, important in some way. The, the, the cool thing about the, the Cora thing, which I've, I've watched, it's a great series too. And I've only, I say admit that I've only watched two seasons and I need to watch the rest. Mm. Um, it's, it takes place. I mean, they, they did that series several years after the first one. Um, and I see, um, it takes place. I want to say 70 years after the end of the first one. Um, so some characters from the first one are kind of in it, but they're really old now. Um, and then, so you're like you take the whole whole world, which by the way, this the Airbender series is the most interesting thing is the entire setting and the world and everything about it. Um, oh, it's a little bit uh, Brandon Sanderson. Yeah. So you're yeah. So you you get to like time skip into the future, 
and um, the world takes a steampunk type thing to it. Um, so in Korra, it's like I said, 70 years and now bending has, has progressed and technology has progressed and you have benders like firebenders making um, furnaces and stuff like that and heating the, the city because that's what you would do if you had real wizards and stuff like that. Um, yeah, yeah. So and, and airships that are made by air that are blown by airbenders and stuff like that. Um, so that's it's it's really it's really kind of cool. Um, but anyway, I I'm yeah I'm really looking forward to this. Uh, everyone who was even mildly liked the the series was so excited and pumped for the movie that Sham, M. Night Shyamalan made. And it's such a terrible, horrible, as, horrible movie. Yeah, as I, as I understand it was was a travesty was was worse than Phantom Menace. It's it is it is yes it's worse than Phantom Menace. That's a good description. Um, and oh man, I'm just I have so much hate for that. And <laughs> you're, that's you're why so triggered. One of the thing, yeah, one of the things that they did is they called him Ong. Um, it's a it's a, right. the, the last Airbender show series is um, a Western anime, so it's not. That's why it's, it is in English. It's not in in Japanese or anything. It's created oh, in America. Oh, Western, I see. I was yeah. thinking like Cowboy Bebop, but you mean no, no. It's it's American made or, in America yeah. type type thing. It's an non, anime Asian, thing, yeah. but but not Asian. Uh, so it's all in English, and so the American creators and actors and everything. His name's A A N G, and I guess if you were in Asia, Japan, or in China, you'd probably pronounce that Ong. But Ong. but it's it is in the series they call him Ang. And he calls himself mm. Ang, and it's Ang. So when they tried to put it on the big screen, a, yeah, that's a little bit of a Rachel Ghoul, Raz Al Ghoul thing. Raj, right? exactly. So when they put it on the big screen, one of the hundreds of thousands of terrible things they did, one of them being whitewashing the entire <laughs> Asian cast, putting them, Aww. they absolutely did, and then they they tried to like fix it by calling Ang Ong, and you're like, oh, it's just. So terrible, so terrible. So this is great. This stack, is great news that the original creators yeah. are involved in it. They're they're going to create this series and they're going to be part of it. Um, they're excited to do it, which is makes me excited to. Do it. And it's on Netflix, which Netflix lets God knows they just throw money at everything. So they're just going to give <laughs> money to these great creators who have done nothing but make cre- great shows and let them do it. So heck yeah. Well, after I am. Uh... After I'm done with this this Halo anime you want me to watch, I'll I'll have to finally <laughs> Halo. go back and watch. You know, uh, I I've never been a Halo fan, but uh, I've not seen that that Red versus Blue. I, I, I know that it's not a Halo. I watched. What, what, I watched what is that? One, is that a comedy? Is it or is it an actual action thing? Oh, it's it's for sure comedy. The, the I think the first episode. So you played Halo though, uh, a little bit. A little bit. Okay. Right, I, mean, I, did, I didn't. Basic, I didn't own. A, I didn't own an Xbox. I've never owned an, an Xbox, Xbox. Right. Um. That that game was the first, well, so I played GoldenEye on the N64, and I was like, this is amazing. And then I played Shooters on PC, and I was like, oh, this is better. <clears throat> Halo was the first shooter on a console that made me go, oh, this can actually work. Once you got two joysticks, one, once you got two analog sticks, uh, they could work together. Now, I never was good enough at them to really enjoy it. And something like seven, eight years later, I was like, yeah, you know, I'm done. I'm done with shooters. I'm not, <laughs> yeah, I was I'm never that great there. at it when I was young. And now that I'm 
older, it's there's no chance, and so uh, whatever. But um, yeah, the the red versus blue series was I assume that it's done now, but uh, was machinima, which is the word, which is the term for making uh, animated video content using machine graphics, as in it's computer generated graphics, but you're usually not um making them from scratch you're you know using the camera feature in a game and you know acting in some way the original show was like them just because the the halo characters are all wearing full power armor and helmets wait so that that's machinima is that it's the cg anime is that what you're saying no no it's it's like it's like making a video from a video game Okay, yeah, sure. Right, and so like they would they would have one person all the Minecraft YouTubers do that now, right? Yeah, they would have one person who was the camera playing, right, in the game, and then everybody else would run around, kind of move back and forth and move their their um head up and down a little, you know, they're aiming, right? Move their head up and down a little bit to indicate that they're talking. Yeah. Um and you know, there was a bunch of this stuff back in the Back in the early mid two thousands, the people did it with WoW, made music videos, and yeah. then there are some where they take uh, they take art assets from the game and put them in something else, some other programs so they can control the wireframes a little more. It gets a little more advanced, but it's basically amateur videos made from video game content, either either in the game itself or using some other kind of uh, third party software, sure. and. Okay. It was it was pretty funny for the first I saw the first couple seasons like it's you know some of its insider humor I think the first episode is that like they're they're leaning heavily into the uh the multiplayer um so PVP aspects of of deathmatch first person shooters yeah and uh and you know the one character is like uh do you ever wonder why we're here and uh and the other character goes on a rant about like existential questions and concerns like what are we you know why are any of us here he's like and then eventually the the first character goes no i meant why are we here like we're just sitting in this box canyon that has no strategic value we're just waiting here for the enemy to to come attack us and he's like oh no yeah, I don't know. <laughs> right. I was like, what? What was all that stuff about God? I was like, N- nothing. It's like, do you, do you want to talk about it? Like, no, <laughs> no, I'm good. Like, it's that kind of stuff. And then right. at a certain point, they they split where like some of the characters go into the future because Halo Two came out, and okay. then one of the characters goes back to a game. I want to say Marathon. It's like the first game Bungie ever made and it's like 2d so this weird like time travel sort of arc and it gets more and more ridiculous and and whatever but it. it started out very funny at least it seemed very funny to me in the early 2000s like before youtube was a thing right um, Eight, 18 you go, years ago you go back that's pretty yeah, pretty, pretty yeah. Good, long time ago think about yeah. how that was way Jeez. back well that was uh that the, the, they have a lot of that on that channel too. So the that you know, Rooster Teeth has several of those. They're 
I don't know. They're I guess they're American California based house. It's back in the uh, back in the Homestar Runner days. Homestar Runner. That's funny. Remember with oh. um, Strong Bad. Yeah, I was never a Strong Bad. Strong Bad. I, I played it him in the Penny. The Penny Arcade had a uh, like a <laughs> uh, what's it called a um, poker game that I that had all the Penny Arcade people, Tyco and Strong Bad. Oh, okay. Did you play any of their um, their actual games? I Rain did not Slick, play the Precipice Penny Arcade of Darkness. Games, uh, I they I were a know. little bit. Um, they were a little bit Final Fantasy, at least the not the. The MMO, because I played the Final Fantasy MMO 14, I want to say, or maybe 13. I don't know. They're all numbers. Um, But the one single-player Final Fantasy I played with their, like, turn-based combat system, um, that's how how that game worked. And it was kind of a... um, I'm not sure what to call it. I'm sure there's a term for it, but it's like a... It's sort of 2D, sort of 3D, where you're just like, what can I click on in this scene to go, like, talk to these characters and do this thing? But then every so often there would be uh, enemies you'd have to fight. It was turn-based yeah. um, combat. Well, the, anyway. The, I, I don't know. The, the Penny Arcade thing is I read their comics like every day. I'll check their page. That's one of the things that I go through. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm not sure I like the Penny Arcade people. Because I tr- tried to used to like read their, <laughs> read their their blogs and stuff their like that. Their little essays. Yeah, sometimes and, they're good, and sometimes you're like, "Wow, you guys seem just completely insufferable." They, they do. They seem insufferable, and and that's that's okay. The reason I I mean I don't like it, but I think it's okay because I, I what I figure is that the two of them um, and I can't think of their names right now. The two of them are Tycho and Gabe. I don't know. Their that's actual it. Tycho names, and Gabe. But... Yeah, the the actual real life versions of them. They are definitely you and me. If we were given tons of money, uh, hundreds of adoring fans, and our own game shows. Oh, oh, for sure. Right. That's exactly what we'd be. Like we'd be full of ourselves and just say things like we want whatever we want. As if, the, the if law. we had hundreds of thousands of people listening to this show, probably a hundred thousand at least would hear every other thing that i say and go oh god this guy exactly yeah just like i do when i'm listening to leo laporte or merla man or whoever (laughs) right right so so we would we would be and also we would you know the fact that we have like if we were as successful as they are it's kind of one of those that like oh because we're successful everything we say just becomes what we think is right you know i mean it's (laughs) which is I can't think of the name of that, but we were just talking about it with the, the aviator, how people, you know, always have money. So yeah. they don't really Yes, know. man. That, that was, that was one of the sort of things. And it's sort of coincidental that I name dropped Marla man, but a couple months ago, he, on one of his shows was talking about Howard Hughes and the movie, the aviator, because he and his daughter were um, watching parts of that movie and talking about this character. And it's like this guy who in a time when, we as a as a society the you know medical community or whatever didn't even really have a word for obsessive compulsive disorder yeah. um had no idea what this was but this is a guy who had the resources to have people around him who would I don't want to say enable because it's not like he was an alcoholic. I don't think he even drank at all. But um, 
Not that that's the thing that I mean. It's not like he could stop being obsessive compulsive. He had people around him to like cover stuff up and support him where like if he were a person of lesser means, he would have just been thrown in an asylum. Yeah, for real. And he would have never designed any airplanes. Yeah, the, right. the idea of of yes men, you know, that, that just that's what they do, and you surround yourself yeah. with it. I mean, we yeah. we he, see it he, in we see it in real life all the time. Yeah, for yeah. sure, for sure. Uh, and and the the penny arcade guys, I think that that's they used to. I don't know if they still do, but they had like a video show and a TV show where they would film their studio or something. And that's what it felt like every time you'd watch it. It's like they just hired a bunch of people that are such big penny arcade fans that ever mm. that. These two people can do no wrong in their minds. They just hold them in such a high regard that everything you do. So they just walk around life with people who loving fans and adore them. Yeah, they do. Um, they have a couple of conventions now, conferences. Right. Um, they do some charities. They do some contests. There's a lot of stuff they do. Right. So, so I got nothing against the guys. It just, it, it's but... just kind of a little, you know, insufferable for me. For that, so when I see their games, it's like I like your cartoon, your your comic strip, and it's really great, and I love that. Mm-hmm. But but I I don't want to see you in a western, you know. <laughs> and and I own their Penny Arcade, the deck building game, and it's just a a, a basic kind of a deck building game with skinned for oh, Penny I Arcade. See. I <laughs> think I'm like, Ugh, I know. think at various times those I played at least two of them. They went on sale on sale on Steam. I think I played one on Steam and I played the other on the. Pl- the ps3 like they went on sale at some point and yeah right now no if, if it was a game set in their world of the comic strip then okay you know but <laughs> it's uh, most of their games are just like you know not they're just their own things but yeah yeah they're weird but right. it's whatever it's good it's good times good right. short uh <laughs> experience well, i think that's, right, that's good for us tonight buddy yeah i think we've as as usual, uh, we had a list of like seven things. We're like, we'll talk about these things, and I'm like, I don't know that that's enough. I don't know how much I have to say about uh, um, the Captain Marvel trailer or whatever. Right? Uh, we're you know we're already it, it's, over time it's because so. we we had at least three lives that needed saved about the Captain Marvel and, and brought back into the light. So we had we had to talk a little bit more about it. It's true. It's true. So. And at at least two people who wanted us to show them all the blueprints. Yes. All the blueprints. Got it. I, I didn't get that scene, blueprints. by the way. What is that? You didn't. You didn't get. So you didn't get to any of the. No, actual... I got to where he said that, but I was like, "What's happening here?" He's like, "Show me the blueprints. Show me the blueprints. Show me the." That's blueprints. the. It's the verbal tick, and knowing that that happened, like from the first time I saw it, because I still with some of my siblings every so often, were like, "Yeah, it's this. It's the way of the future. It's the way of the future. The way of the future. The way of the future. The way of the future." And uh, knowing that stuff was coming, let me focus really in on. The details of him um, reacting to that—it's a—it's a you know some kind of psychological verbal tick where he's trying to talk. At least this is how he plays it. I don't know, you know, I'm not a doctor, but um, it looks to me as the viewer like he's trying to talk, maybe say something else, but the same words keep coming out of his mouth. Like he's losing control of his of his body. Yes. Right. And and he reacts to that. There's a a whole sequence that I think you you didn't get to where he locks himself in his uh personal theater room and like pees in bottles and stuff is he goes full OCD. Yeah. And uh and uh Juan uh, whatever the Pan Am guy Alec Baldwin comes to see him and he's like 
He's like, oh, I'd, I'd come out, but I got a real bad cold in here. I don't want to get you sick. It's like, all right, well, I'll, I'll find a chair out here. And he's and and he, uh, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio. It's like, he's like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to get you sick. I don't, and he realized that he's about to say the same thing for the third time, and he like clamps his hands over his mouth. Like right. he knows that it's happening, and he can't control it. Yeah, and it's this like, you know, tiny window into this neurological disorder that he has. Yeah, he, there, uh, there's one scene when he's he's well early on when he start he's washing his hands in the, the men's bathroom, mm-hmm. and a guy who has crutches asks him to get something, and you you know that he wants to give it to him, and he he can't, and he tells the guy he's like I'm I can't. He's like I yeah, can't do that. and it's and he apologizes. A, he's like I'm sorry, I can't. You know, it's a crazy. It's like you know, it's a whatever. It's a it's a weird thing to to even say that you understand the way something is, which when you have not actually experienced it, but um, just gives you a little window into that, um, that, that world of like having some kind of chemical imbalance in your brain where you're like, yeah, I know that I shouldn't be upset about this, that like I should be able to, you know, moderate my emotions in this situation, but I can't. Like a, well, he had, he had, uh, I remember, I remember him having the big tick thing from way back when I watched it, the OCD stuff. And so now when I was watching it now, I was a little bit more aware of those things. I know this kind of, inter- we should intercut this, uh, uh, Barry needs to intercut this back of the aviator conversation. Um, <laughs> the, uh, but the, um, when he overcomes some things or takes steps to not be so obsessive compulsive, uh, it's big, and you and I'm talking specifically when he's up in the air flying with Catherine Hepburn, and he offers her milk, and mm, and yeah. she drinks it, and then he looks at it, and he drinks it too. You know, it, yeah. he specifically takes a moment where he's like, "I'm going to do this." It's this stuff woman. that if you're if you're not if you're not watching for it and you're not paying attention, it's you could go right past it. It's very subtle, right. Right, and and he, he he DiCaprio does a good job of that. That when he does it, he does a good job of that. When he does it, he does a good job so, of that. When <laughs> <laughs> I know that we're I know that we're over time here, but last night my family and I finally got around to watching. Um, Won't you be my neighbor? The oh, yeah. uh, the Fred Rogers, um, which is uh, great, un- great uh, uncle Rogers. Yeah, has a special uh, place for me because I as a as a child got you know, mocked and, and whatever as children do for both having the first name Dennis from Dennis the Menace, who used to be a character people knew and, uh, and Mr. Rogers, who also was a person character that people used to know. And there are some interesting parallels between his life and the life of Howard Hughes, where he um, was sick as a child and uh, sort of approached life in a way that really nobody else did. Um, So if you get a chance to, to watch that that was that was very i've heard it was really good very good i've heard it was really really good I he's mean, very people who weren't like big mr rogers fans even watched it and they were like yeah that's a that's a good show well it's yeah it's interesting he and and there were things as we watched and we paused it a couple of times and i talked a little bit to my my parents and my siblings as we were watching it um his whole like the whole show was directed at very small children so if you're you know Anywhere older than that age group, it's very easy to look at it and go, oh, it's just goofy, dumb kind of stuff. But he very often would, like, tell a story with the puppets and and stuff that was a metaphor for something going on 
in the real world, the the sure. um, Bobby Kennedy assassination or um, uh, any of those things that I don't I don't think most people were even aware of. Um, but it was, and they, you know, they do that in my, in my daughter's school. Now that's kind of the things that they do is that there's, they know that these kids, that these small kids are going to hear these things somehow from their parents or from whatever. And, and they, they don't know how to process them or deal with them and good educators or social parents, I should say, do like he did, like you said, like kind of address it in a roundabout way, but not really directly with puppets. You know? Yeah, yeah. Find a way to uh, Th- those emotions, which which kids do have, they just don't know how to what to deal with them or understand about them. So yeah, you know, and they and that makes um, them better adults as they get older. You know, the uh, our our friends over at, at Geek Scholars Movie News recommended this movie in their most recent uh, What to Watch this weekend, um, and uh, it's it's definitely worth seeing if you can find it. It's on it's on iTunes for rent and uh, and some of that stuff. But uh, well, now I got to pay Steve Jobs money. Steve Jobs is is gone, man. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you just said the Jeff Bezos thing. I wanted to say. Yeah, Steve right, Jobs, right. So. Uh, <laughs> what's what's the guy's name? I want to say. I want to say Allen Iverson. That's a basketball player. That's a basketball know. player. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who the CEO of Apple is right now. Yeah, um, Tom Tom something other is it? Maybe. Tom Petty. I don't, n- no. Uh, he's, <laughs> he's he's busy running down a dream. That's right. That's right. All right, man. All right, I think man. that's I think that's we good. We're it. we're well over time. So you've been listening to the Front Porch. This is episode fifty-seven. A special thanks as always to our good friends over at Geek Scholars Movie News. If you like movies and news about movies uh, uh, told in glorious podcast form, as our friend Fox always says, uh, mm-hmm. check them out. Geek Scholars Movie News. If you go to our website, frontporchpodcast.com, you can find show notes for this episode and also contact forms. Uh, if you have questions, comments, topic ideas, any of that good stuff, you can contact us using those forms or uh, email us directly, frontporchpod at gmail.com. Uh, if you enjoy the show, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or anywhere else you can find podcasts. If you find a podcast service that we're not on, let us know. and uh, Yeah. We'll have Barry get that, get that straight that, out. That, that email. That's right, Barry. Get on it. <laughs> we're always looking reasons to get rid of Barry. So if you've got things that he messed up on, send an email on that as well. And if, if you're on any of those services uh, and you enjoy the show, if you leave us a positive review, we'd appreciate that. It helps us out a lot. Thanks as always for listening. And until next time, I'm Dennis. And I'm Michael. For the front porch. Night, everybody. Good night, guys. Good night.